Welcome to the recap. We're at Pastoring Out Loud, where we recap the previous week's sermon. Nick, you preached. I did. Was it a topical sermon or just from one text? Uh, I'd say it was more more topical. It's more topical. Yeah. I mean, if you had to part choose of our... only one text to preach from, and you couldn't go anywhere else for this topic, which one would you have chosen? Uh, I probably would have just stuck in Romans 12. Romans 12, one yeah. two. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, Nick talked about a learning people. Mm-hmm. So we're continuing our series through citizens and sojourners uh, on our way to starting Genesis again in February. But in the meantime, we're continuing to flesh out what it means to be the people of God. Nick, why did you get to teach on learning? <laughs> Well, Dave asked me to, uh, and I think he asked me because part of my job description is adult education. And so I oversee the adult Sunday school tracks and I teach in Truth on Fire and oversee those types of things. So uh, my job and my enjoyment <laughs> in my job has a lot to do with learning and teaching the word of God. So Is that about right, Right, Dave? Dave? Yeah. He's yes. shaking his head. Yet. Oh, he's yes. yes. Good. That's correct. Good. Um, well, Nick, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about the sermon. The outline uh, was, uh, well, the introduction, Deeper Learning in the Word for Deeper Love by the Spirit from Romans 12, 1 and 2, and 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. And then yep. learning in order to love God, learning in order to love our neighbors, learning in order to make disciples. Kind of like I heard that someplace before. Right. Maybe in the Bible. I don't know. Yep. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Why don't you uh, walk us through some of it? Yeah. So the first part, I called it an intro, but it was basically the first half of the sermon where I just wanted to ground us, um, not not try to convince people that learning was important because I think people kind of already think that that's true, but why? Like, what does it do for the Christian? Um, how does it work in our life? Um, so yeah, we went to Romans 12, 1 and 2, where Paul has just finished, you know, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ in the first 11 chapters. And now in chapter 12, he kind of starts the practical application of, so what? Now, how do you live? So he says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. So your whole life, right? Everything that you do is supposed to be offered to God for worship. And then he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So basically I said that that renewal of your mind, um, that isn't just a one-time thing, right? The, the verbs there in verse two are present tense, indicating this is an ongoing thing that we're supposed to do. Renew your mind, that by testing. So we're, we're seeing right now that um, the life of the mind and renewal of your mind uh, is important in the life of a Christian. So that by testing, you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So I just basically outlined, hey, we learn and we renew our minds by focusing and meditating on and reading and studying the word and all of the related theological disciplines that are related you know, to the word, um, you know, expounding on and explaining the word so that our minds are renewed and we can understand when the world is out of sync with how God wants us to live. And, and then I said, I, just to make it explicit, uh, what's implicit here, the spirit is the one that's doing that work in us. 
So we submit ourselves to the word, we read the word, and the spirit transforms us from the inside out. Um, so that was kind of the first part of the sermon. And then I just wanted to, you know, who are we going to be as a church, right? And that's the point of this series. So just to tie it to our new mission statement, loving God, loving neighbor, and making disciples. What, is our, what does learning have to do with those things? things? And I said that if our learning is not leading to, leading to love, then we're doing it wrong. So that's where I went to 1 Corinthians 8, where Paul talks about, you know, some of you have knowledge, right? Um, concerning, you know, eating food sacrificed to idols. So some of you know that an idol is nothing and therefore, you know, eating food that's been sacrificed to nothing doesn't really actually mean anything. But if you think that you have that knowledge to puff you up and to hold it over others who's you know, either their conscience isn't in the same place as yours or they don't know what you know, but you get puffed up, then you do not know as you ought to know. And that's a, that's a real warning for people like us who value knowledge and theological education and all of those things. Just make sure it's not puffing you up. You're not holding it over people. You're not lording it over people. It isn't for the purpose of saying, look how much I know, right? And that can become an identity. Um, instead, it should lead to love, so, and that's what Paul says in verse three there. Um, so then I just said, okay, well then how does it affect our love for God? I went to Isaiah six, the greater uh, revelation that Isaiah sees of God in his glory, the greater he's changed to worship and love God. Um, so it's kind of that revelation response type thing where we see God in his word and we know it as much as we can. And then he uses that to transform us and make us respond in love to him. Uh, same thing with our neighbors. Um, not only <clears throat> do we get that love of God, but then it just overflows. And what happens when you fill up a cup and you keep filling it up and you keep filling it up, it, it overflows. And, it, and so that's kind of how I view what happens when we are so in love with the Lord based on what we know of him, we can't help telling people and we can't help, you know, loving them and it, seeing them as fellow image bearers and doing all of the sacrificial things that the word, the word tells us we should do with our neighbors. Um, and then third, make disciples. Number one, you can't teach people to observe everything that Jesus has commanded unless you know what Jesus has commanded. And then number two, you're not going to want to go to the hard places unless you have such a love for God that it compels you from the heart. So that's basically where I went uh, and that was the outline. And I just encouraged everyone, we love learning <laughs> and we think it's a really good thing and it should really lead us to love. Loving God, loving our neighbors and loving making disciples. Yeah, I thought that was a really important point in the sermon and just landed well on myself, my family, just uh, this kind of learning that we're talking about as a purpose outside of ourselves. Um, you can learn skills, you can learn other things. Mm -hmm. But all, and in the realm of Christian discipleship, all is done for love. Uh, Stacy, Dave, any reflections on the sermon? Yeah, I thought that was a really helpful point. I, I love learning, mm -hmm. um, but just how you framed it as the goal of it being love for God and others mm -hmm. was really helpful. And then it made me think of um, Philippians 1, 9, where Paul says, it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment yeah. mm -hmm. that knowing and loving go together. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great cross-reference for that yeah. for sure. 
Even the way the New Testament often talks about knowing and knowledge is uh, not merely intellectual, but relational Mm -hmm. knowledge. And so I think that that was, I think that's what you were portraying is, we just want to know, we want to know Jesus. (laughs) We want to see him, want to know him for all he is. And if we know him and it's real, I think you taught, I think you went to Second Corinthians 3 at some point too, didn't you? And talked about beholding his glory and being changed yeah, from one yes. degree of glory yep. to the next. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible because it's how I view, It's in, in, a, in a large way, it's how I view sanctification. <laughs> I just want to see more and more of Jesus and right. trust that the Spirit will conform me to his image as I do that. And so then when you're conformed to his image, you're going to love other people. Yep. Um, so I, I thought it was, I thought it was really helpful. Yep. And it's, I mean, just that being transformed by the spirit is so key because, you know, for the loving neighbor part, I just read some of the commands that are later on in chapter 12, right? right. which uh, is what a transformed mind that's right. being renewed day by day. You know, that's how they live, how it lives. And some of those commands are just like hard. <laughs> yep. You know, mm-hmm. love your enemies, do not repay evil for evil, bless those who persecute you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, you're not going to do that unless you have been transformed by the spirit yeah. within. Uh, so that's the point. You know, why do we, why do we renew our mind in the word and in knowledge so that that can happen to us by the spirit? Hmm. Amen. I'd vote for you as secretary of education for another term. <laughs> Great. I mm-hmm. didn't put you in as a write-in yesterday. although I suppose we weren't voting on that great thanks again Nick for preaching yep it was my pleasure